Thank you for joining ReachMD XM157 for this month's special series, Spotlight on Neurology and Psychiatry. Hand-eye coordination is the ability of the visual system to coordinate the information received through the eyes to control, guide, and direct the hands in the accomplishment of a given task. Transcranial magnetic stimulation is one of the more recent scientific tools that have allowed researchers to learn more about the areas of the brain which control hand-eye coordination. You are listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I am your host, Dr. Mark Nolan Hill, Professor of Surgery at the Chicago Medical School. And with me today is Dr. Charles Epstein, Professor of Neurology at the Emory University School of Medicine. He is also Director of Operative Monitoring and the Founder and Director of the Laboratory for Magnetic Stimulation at Emory Hospital. Welcome, Dr. Epstein. Hello. It's good to be here, Mark. Today we are discussing the use of transcranial magnetic stimulation to study the brain. Dr. Epstein, what's really going on in the brain during an activity that requires hand-eye coordination? Mark, I think what's going on is an absolute miracle. If you will allow me a brief digression, please, I'll try to explain why it's a miracle. If you've ever seen robot wars, which were big with a certain subculture on TV, you will remember robots fighting and smashing each other to pieces. The thing was, they're not really robots. They're remote controlled by human beings. And you might wonder why that's necessary. Computers are supposed to be stupendously fast. Their wires conduct at the speed of light. They have optical sensors. They have very powerful mechanical tools. Why can't you just set the robot free to fight on its own instead of being run remotely by a human 50 feet away who can't always see what's happening? Answer the question. The answer is that the human brain made of stuff about as hard as jello conducting a million times more slowly than an electrical wire connected to muscles that are slow and flabby compared to anything mechanical, just beats the squat out of anything run by a computer. And that is a miracle that stuff as slow and soft and flabby as what our brains and muscles are made out of can react so much better and so much faster than machines made of what you would think are tougher materials. Well, why do you think that is? It is because the brain is a incredibly cleverly organized device and because our brains can do important things faster than we are aware of it or even without our ever being aware of it, which is where I was very lucky to participate in research on eye-hand coordination. Could you expand upon that? I was very lucky some time ago to work with a couple of world-class scientists, Dr. Garrett Alexander at Emory and Dr. Michel Demerger from Lyon in France, 
on experiments in eye-hand coordination. It turns out that if you arrange things correctly and you ask a normal person to point rapidly from one moving light to another, you can demonstrate that people will change the target they're pointing toward extremely fast and not even know that they have changed where they're pointing. This blows my mind. We all like to think that we are in perfect charge of our minds and brains. We know everything that they're doing, or we should. It feels that way. And yet you can start off pointing in one direction, and when the thing you're pointing toward moves, your brain can readjust eye movement and hand movement to catch the target without you even knowing that you moved. Where the TMS comes in in this experiment is that we can block that automatic unconscious adjustment again without your knowing that anything has happened or not happened at all. In blocking it, of course, we have proven exactly where in the brain eye-hand coordination has occurred. And where is that? That is in the posterior parietal region, about two inches above and behind your ear. If you have just joined us, you are listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Nolan Hill, professor of surgery at the Chicago Medical School, and we are speaking with Dr. Charles Epstein, professor of neurology at the Emory University School of Medicine. He is also director of operative monitoring and the founder and director of the Laboratory for Magnetic Stimulation at Emory Hospital. Today we are discussing the use of transcranial magnetic stimulation to study the brain. Dr. Epstein, you spoke about the use of TMS to study specifically eye-hand coordination. What are you really doing with TMS in patients who have difficulties with eye-hand coordination? Right now, the work is early and quite experimental. Basically, what we're doing is trying to bias the brain to let some areas work more while others work less. There seems to be a problem in the brain recovering from injury in that the healthy parts take over and maybe do their job a little too well. The brain is very plastic. It's very flexible. One part can take over duties from another part. Even in an adult? Even in an adult. The fact that you can remember what you had for breakfast, even when you're 90 years old, means your brain is still plastic because to make that memory, your brain had to physically change. So our brains are plastic all our lives, although obviously they're more plastic when we're young than when we're older. Our goal with TMS is to help fine-tune the recovery there appear to be situations where the undamaged parts of the brain may take over too well 
and prevent the damaged area from recovering as well as it possibly might. What do you mean by that? A simple example that doesn't involve TMS has a fancy name. It's called constraint therapy. In simple terms, you take someone who had a stroke a year ago and can't move his left hand, and you literally tie down the right hand. So he is forced to try and use the left hand. Well, in a substantial number of people, even a year or more after the stroke, tying down the good hand allows the damaged part of the brain to start to recover better and gets the paralyzed left hand to start to move. With TMS, we attempt to do the same thing electrically. We attempt to turn down a little bit the undamaged area that may have taken on too much and interfered with recovery, and we attempt to turn up the damaged area to make it more active and help it recover better. And has that been shown to be effective? This is all preliminary, but there are at least hints that it can have an effect. Well, what other areas are we able to study through the use of transcranial magnetic stimulation? Basically, any function of your cerebral cortex that is near the outside so we can put the magnet directly over it and stimulate it. Some examples? We've talked previously about memory and language and eye-hand coordination. People have studied as well as treated mood, vision, sensation, all the things that are out there on the superficial cortex of your brain. Does TMS evaluate at all the effect of drugs on the brain? That's a great question. There's a fair amount of work being done in evaluating the effects of drugs, some of it in my lab. We can measure different responses to TMS, the easiest being simply whether we put the magnet over the motor area of your brain and make your arm or leg twitch. And we can pick up differences in the way your hand twitches with different drugs. When people dissect this in enough detail, we can get strong clues to how an individual drug works. That is, if you're into treating epilepsy, whether a given drug is inhibitory in the cortex or excitatory in the cortex, and exactly which chemical channels might be involved. In my own work, we study the duration of drug effects on the brain. For many years in treating epilepsy, for example, we have been drawing the level of the drug in your blood. Yes. And that obviously will correlate to a large extent with the level in your brain, but it won't necessarily correlate with how long the drug takes to work in your brain or how long it will keep working even when the blood level has fallen. So we study the physiological effect of the drug on the brain using TMS simply by recording the twitch in your hand when we put it over the motor cortex. And 
we've been able to find in one case that the effect on the brain far outlasts the rise and fall in blood levels. And we have a better idea from that how often we really need to give drugs. So what we use normally as pharmacokinetics might not necessarily be representative of what goes on physiologically. That's right. I want to thank Dr. Charles Epstein, who has been our guest. We have been discussing the use of transcranial magnetic stimulation to study the brain. I'm Dr. Mark Nolan-Hill, and you have been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, please send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening. Listen all month as ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals, features a special series, Spotlight on Neurology and Psychiatry.